What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 489. My name is Eric Nelson. With me today, I have my regular co-host, John White. Today is Wednesday, September 11th, 2019. John, how you doing? Doing really well, Eric. Uh, today's color of the Bay Report, who is actually a really nice blue. Uh, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly why the Bay changes color. You know, it's only been four years. I, I still have no idea, you know, what correlates to color, but the, the weather's beautiful. It's a fall because the geese are going over. But other than that, there's no difference in the weather, of course. Yeah, the weather's just uh, been beautiful. I swear the weather gets uh, stays nicer longer and takes longer to get into summer. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, we've shifted our weather pattern by a month or so. So it stays a little chillier in the in the mid-springtime. Yeah, and then July to September. Or yeah, like yeah. That. It doesn't yeah. start cooling off till the end of September when we stay a nice summertime. So it's great to have you back in the studio. I know we've been all been busy with VMworld. And uh, on the show today, uh, myself, your, uh, John, and Tony Foster, who's on the call, we're going to talk about VMworld, our wrap-up for VMworld US 2019, just uh, our impressions. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, overall goodness and some of the keynotes, uh, and then we'll take you through what we thought of the sessions, some uh, V community and and maybe a few other miscellaneous topics, topics like lab and gamification. So it should be a good show. We'll just talk about everything we experienced at VMworld US, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, what we think is going to happen in Europe as well. So, so Tony Foster, thanks for being on the show, be on the call. How are you doing today? I'm doing simply wonderful, Eric. Heavy on the simple. Heavy on the simple. That's uh, that's fantastic. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad it's simple. You know, you're you're out in the Midwest, and I think everything is simple in the Midwest, right? So it's awesome. We're going to talk a little bit just first key date schedule builder coming up for uh, Europe on 0924, which is uh, only a few days away. I think 12, 13 days away. You should be able to go in and set up your schedule. Which uh, I got to say, running the labs, John, uh, everybody ran to a schedule, right? So oh, yeah. people came to sessions. The code stuff was. 200 people in William Lamb's sessions, they had everything in Schedule Builder. They came, uh, we signed them up, scanned them. You have to have everything in Schedule Builder. Yeah, day. no question. In fact, uh, just as long as we're talking, Schedule Builder opening up for Europe, I would say that the scanners they used this year at VMworld Europe, um, I mean, sorry, U- U.S., if they didn't open up, you couldn't scan anybody until you were 10 minutes away from your new session. Oh wow! So typically, we would just let people come in mm-hmm. and you know, you know, scan you. And if you weren't on the list, it's fine. We'd let you in. This year, it's a little bit different on some of the big sessions and the 80-person session room, uh, where when we scanned you for the code sessions, if you weren't on or if it was too early, we couldn't really scan you and know if you were, you know, supposed to be there or not. It was, right. It was interesting. Plus, uh, yeah, yeah. So tools change a little bit. I could say we'll talk a little bit about what we like and didn't like about the show. Sure. But Schedule Builder is important. You've got to use it. 
make sure you have a place to be. Uh, then we you obviously have overflow. Uh, so Conference Europe, 1104 through 1107. And uh, it should be good because I think everything I've heard that we did in the U.S. will, you know, will be in Europe. So, uh, you know, get your get your tickets purchased and uh, and get your schedule ready yeah. to go. On, uh, and Barcelona is um, a wonderful city to visit anyway. Yeah. So, you know, you I think you get a little bit of the taste of the town, right? Because you don't stay inside the conference center 24-7. Yeah. You know, it's not like in Las Vegas where you could have uh, stayed in the conference hotel, walk, you know, walked over to the conference center, stayed inside the building the entire time and, and never left right. the building. You get a taste of the town. So as we talk about that, that's just a great lead-in to our first topic of the day, which is, you know, generally uh, VMworld came back from Vegas to San Francisco um, I guess we should just round robin here. Uh, I'll go first, and uh, you can throw in, and Tony, you can throw in too. Your impressions of San Francisco versus Vegas. So, a little bit of concern, a lot of bit of concern from the event team about what was going to happen. Uh, was the city safe? Right? There's been a lot of geopolitics going on around safety in cities, mm-hmm. and so there was concern about San Francisco being uh, safe. But uh, we didn't have any events. So no security issues, no one that we know of got uh, robbed, mugged, or any other kind of security issue at all during the VMworld event. So the event team was pretty happy about that, right? That the event happened in the city. They didn't have any security issues whatsoever uh, all throughout the week, which was which was good. And uh, people actually gave us a lot of feedback that it was clean and friendly and much better than what people were worried about in general. Right? Mm. So Now, I also got some feedback from community that, Ah, you know, it's San Francisco, a little dirtier than normal, right? You know, um, I don't know what that meant other than I saw fall leaves smeared around on sidewalks. But other than that, I didn't, I didn't really notice anything. I thought the city was clean. I thought the venue was clean. John, I don't know what you thought about that. I I heard definitely some feedback from people about um, the homelessness, you know, and that's like kind of a chronic city problem. Right. Um, I don't know exactly how Vegas deals with it. I mean, I'm assuming they just kind of brutally uh, right. crack down on it in the strip and push it out to the suburbs. And, and San Francisco is, is, does not do that. Right. So, um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, all the associated problems that go along with the uh, big, the big yeah, city, yeah. you had it in New York, you know, similar problems, yeah, but absolutely. I didn't, I, uh, maybe it because I was just in the venue and then I commuted back and forth through the, to the event from my home. So we we got up at 6.30 and got in a car, three mm-hmm. of us. Uh, Julia did it. Uh, uh, James, our, our I engineer, did it. did it. Yeah. Yeah, and just commuted in every day. And it made it a different feel for me. I got to say, I, I don't know if I liked it. I liked the idea of being at a place with where you're all consumed. Combated, yeah. Where I wasn't all consumed this time, right? Like by 7.38, we were looking at our watch going, hey, we should probably hit the road because we're going to be driving. So hour, say, yeah. Instead of drinking and staying up all night, you know, and then going back to the hotel and crashing at midnight, because you have to drive, it was a different, it was a different vibe, mm-hmm. right? which I'll probably never do again because I felt like I wasn't as connected to the V community this mm-hmm. year because I was doing code stuff. But also by eight o'clock at night, I was like, okay, I, I, we should we should go. Right? But, and you're not think, drinking. Yeah, there's. A- there's a, a general problem with that, which right. is that um, the city is expensive to stay in. Right. Right. So right. you're that's, talking that's about where we were going out of two thousand dollars in the hotel, right. basically. Right. right. So five hundred dollars a night times four nights, you right. know, at before taxes and and fees and everything. Fees and everything else. Right. So you know, yeah. as opposed to 
uh, Las Vegas, where it's a hundred dollars a night. You know, very doable. So yeah, we stayed. We stayed. If gosh, we stayed at the Excalibur, uh, which is a perfectly fine hotel, yep. right? You know, clean rooms, no problem with that stuff. You spend the twenty-five dollar upgrade, and for Vegas, I spent three hundred dollars for the week. Right. Right. Total. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that I, I commuted. Tony Foster, you're from the Midwest, coming into the city. What did you think of San Francisco? So I am probably one of the uh, outliers. I'm a fan of San Francisco. I enjoy uh, coming and visiting San Francisco. Um, my personal opinion is there are a lot more opportunities to see and do in San Francisco than there are in Vegas. Vegas is very much fake glitz and glam, and so I, I find um, San Francisco much more real. And so I'm probably right, on the uh, outlier. Like Vegas is a curated right. experience. I normally would say I love San Francisco. So mm-hmm. I'm on the, I love San Francisco. And if you're going to do things in the community, I find San Francisco funner to go to different places and do things. I also find the run in the morning when, you know, they have the, they have the VMworld run, mm-hmm. right? Which is like a 1K or couple K run. Uh, I think that's nice because it's chilly in the morning. And so you, but Vegas, you just basically have to be in a hotel. But I've had other friends that have gone, no, 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 but I love Vegas because it's like gambling all night and you never have, you're just in this big giant inside ecosystem. So it just depends what you like. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Right. Depends. Um, so general feelings, moving on general feelings about the, about the show in general. I thought uh, we, we got to listen to keynotes, uh, general traffic. Let's go through kind of what the size of the show was. So it was 20,000 plus this year, which was actually pretty good considering I think the peak one year, maybe four years ago, we hit 22.5 or near almost 23, but not really. So we've stayed kind of generally the same size year after year. I think they claim this year it was some percentage bigger than last. Like last year we hit 20,150 and this year we hit 20,690 or so 2027, 20, whatever, 20,700. And so they're, they're basically publishing that yeah, we were bigger than last year, uh, and, but we weren't that much bigger. But, but we're definitely at that healthy size, which I thought was great, right? I felt that way. And what I've seen is more people going to Europe now, right? I've talked to several people that think they're going to go, and the events team has said they're getting reports of more people going to Europe this year because Europe is becoming a big enough show that it's fun to go to Europe, right? So now if you ask me, do I go to U.S.? Or do I go to Europe? Well, I've already been to Vegas. I've already been to San Francisco. Maybe if I'm going to go to VMworld, maybe I'll just go to the Europe one because I got a trip to Barcelona. I can get a cheap flight over there. The hotels are cheap there. So they're actually seeing reg on the, and, and they're looking at reg numbers. And uh, yeah, so numbers, uh, very healthy, very solid number. And then we're seeing Europe grow and we're also seeing, you know, V forms in Asia grow. Mm-hmm. And so your event choices now to, to go get content and engage with us are now pretty much three, Europe, U.S., and in Asia with the V-forms, are pretty solid options. And so they're seeing a little bit of that track. So I think overall, total numbers, VMworld as event management across the globe is going to raise, is yeah. going to grow. Um, but the, the U.S. is kind of where it's at, right? right? right Sitting right. At, that, at that number, which actually for me personally, I thought was very, very crowded and, mm-hmm. and very busy. I saw a uh, the numbers that the event team reported was that we gained a 1% growth in number of females versus males, which is always good to see diversity. So they are tracking, you know, what's our, what's our audience look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that was good. And general, I saw, I think I saw more suits and ties and more higher level, you know, business people 
at the show, right, uh, as I was just walking around, right? Mm-hmm. So that was my impression. So what was yours? Yeah, I, I think that tracks. I, you know, I, I'm a person of color, so I always keep an eye out for that. And I noticed a lot of diversity in, in that regard. I, I don't know if there was any, you know, statistics that are kept for that, but uh, I, I was actually kind of surprised to walk around and see so many uh, um, underrepresented minorities, you know, more represented right. than, yeah. I, than yeah. I'd kind of seen. So, and I didn't even go to the diversity and inclusion session. I kind of missed out on that. Yeah, I think that my, you know, just my own personal impression is I think that we're probably just following the trend of the world. The world, right? and yeah. The world population is becoming more diverse. There's more opportunities for everybody. So we should see over the next hundred years percentages rise to the yeah. the, the percentage of populations because mm-hmm. more and more people have the equal opportunity to engage in higher education and you know come out and select degrees that end up you know in tech tech field so absolutely I, I think that's the same thing with uh, women female diversity in general is yeah more and more women are going into different fields now than they traditionally have in universities that works through the system 10 years later we see that those percentages change I think in um, industry it would have been nice like this only occurred to me afterwards, right? If you go to some smaller uh, conventions and conferences, they'll have a published like code of conduct um, about harassment and things like that. And and that was actually inside the, the VMworld um, registration. When you like signed up for it, like, yeah. you know, they had a code of conduct. Right. So it was very clear and um, that, that was actually impressive that that kind of thing showed up. So I did feel like it was a diverse audience and a little more mixed on, you know, the suits and ties versus just, you know, guys with backpacks, right? It felt like it was no longer uh, 100% of me walking around, the clones of Eric walking around with backpacks. I felt like I was in a very, you know, much more diverse range of career professionals and range of uh, people. Uh, Takeaways, moving on, takeaways. From keynotes, uh, we haven't gotten. We're not going to do last size of show any more goodness. Uh, sessions ratings. Uh, we saw some of the session ratings come in, mm-hmm. uh, and knock on wood, my session ratings were uh, 4.6 some and change. So yeah. happy with that. Anything over four is considered good, right? Oh, so, nice. okay. so anything under four, they start looking at like, hey, some people didn't rate this well. Right. right? Like right. anything of four, you know, A, B, C, D, F, A mm-hmm. being a, a five, a four right. being a B, and so forth. Anything below a B, we're starting to ask why, right? Maybe not the not a problem, but just was the material good, whatever. But it's like, uh, it's like rating, rating yeah. your right. And I think the average rating for all sessions was like a 4.2. Hmm. So yeah. they're pretty happy right. with that. I think that's uh, a half a percent higher, mm-hmm. or three quarters of a percent higher than last year, averaging for all the sessions. Right. So pretty happy about that number. Across well, 600 so. sessions, yeah. that's actually right. Uh, right. pretty. Right. They, we gained yeah. on. Happiness of sessions, right? Yeah. So, well, thanks to Tony yeah. Foster, I was able to right. check my uh, survey results too. So nice. Um, yeah. I, I, I cleared that four dot two mark. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I was nervous when I was because I did a lot of them, and it's it's hard to know for sure mm-hmm. uh, what you're going to get on those guys. So, yeah. Tony, uh, any other impressions before we move on to sessions in general you'd like to share with us with regard to uh, the show? So I, I agree with you on the number of suits. It was really interesting. A lot of the different events and activities I participated in, you didn't know when you walked in if you'd be standing next to an executive or uh, standing next to a uh, nerd like myself. So I I think that was a really impressive uh, 
thing to see there. Um, one thing I do wish that we did, sort of a segue into our uh, session, is I do wish they were scanning for the sessions in the vBrownBag booth. That way we would have been able to get feedback on our sessions. Right. Um, yes, yeah. We didn't didn't scan this year. Um, I think it was cost. In the end, they asked us, you know, do you want to pay for another scanner? And uh, somewhere along the line, for all of the community between Code and V Community and the the hackathon and the V Expert Party, you know, I had like 200k to spend. Right. right. You know, and somewhere along the line, the VMworld team just for the infrastructure charged me one came back with a bid of 175,000 for all of just the infrastructure. That doesn't include the party budgets or right. the, the hackathon or anything like that. Uh, or giveaways, right? Um, so so I had to come term. back, and yeah. I just yeah, I took the laundry list and said, where can I cut? So we didn't have Julia Klaus film the VMware code sessions like we did every other year. We mm -hmm. cut that because you have to pay a union guy up in the city if you're going to have audio and uh, video there. So we cut that. Uh, on the code labs, we cut the audio. Uh, and then it costs money to scan the V brown bag uh, to join but you get the. But if you do scan, then we know who's there. We can send them the feedback form, and then right. speakers can get how well they people like it. But Tony, I, I informally talked to everybody, and you got you got a 4.8. So I just want you to feel good about that. <laughs> there you go. Glad to hear. Yeah, Glad to hear. All right, so that's San Fran impressions. That's you know the goodness of the numbers. We're very very healthy. The ratings were good, uh, and we even had viral. I think. We do video snippets of the keynotes, so we'll transition into keynotes now. Uh, the keynotes were great. We did viral snippets where we would grab 30 seconds of that. And one of the ones where Pat joked about vMotion, mm -hmm. uh, and I forget what the quote was, but he, it was an off-the-cuff. It wasn't part of his you know, original script, but they joked about vMotion on, I forget which day it was. And that went viral. We got 2 million you know, views on that individual, oh, wow. which is a million, double what we got when we went viral last year on the Raspberry Pi when Pat was on stage. Oh. And he showed the, the Raspberry Pi. That went, that went viral. We got a million views. And so we were like worried because we're going to have to report numbers again this year. Sure, yeah. And we're not going to have a viral moment again. What's the likelihood of us getting some viral moment off of a keynote? Uh, but we did, and we got like double 2 million versus oh, wow. 1 million. So. But I liked, uh, I listened to Pat's keynote. Uh, I really liked um, what he talked about and the way he laid out the strategy between hybrid cloud and then NSX and how NSX, how we delivered virtual network, virtual network, and then the pieces that we're adding into virtual network, whether it be AI or whether it be security, right, that we're actually coming along and going toe-to-toe -to -toe against Cisco with regards to, like, everything you would need to get rid of an expensive switch offering from Cisco and running on Intel, racked Intel, mm -hmm. right, and building your virtual network infrastructure off of virtual Intel-based software. I thought that was in, in pretty impressive. And if you want to go, I would highly recommend people go watch Keynote from Pat. Uh, and I think it was day one where he yeah. just took us through that vision, which I, I, I was super impressed by that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure like one of the jobs of an executive at a very high level is to be able to clearly articulate the vision of the company. And I think only in the last four years have I become like really attuned to how good a CEO really should be at that, right? Right. Going on CNBC for a minute and a half and being able to say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, to be able to digest it down to that or to digest it down to an hour or digest it down to like 10 minutes, you know, whichever 
you know, format it is. And, you know, it's just really impressive. And, and it really, I don't know, it kind of, you know, underlines it for me and anchors it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was, I was impressed with the way they did that. And, you know, there are sometimes when they, where they bring the keynotes in and they talk about the customers and I just kind of yawn and go, uh-huh. you know, Oh gosh, it's more of us showcasing how customers do things, um, which is good, but I already live in building my own data center and I know what I have to do mm-hmm. and I have my objectives. It's nice to see customers. But I think somebody mentioned that they were in the back of one of the keynote rooms and they were looking around when they transitioned to the customer segment and you just saw a lot of people you know, mm-hmm. getting up to move on. Now, granted, there's a lot of things that overlap where people have to go get started. I know our code lab started like, you know, right, there, right yeah. then. And I was like, how are people going to get over from the keynote room over <laughs> to the, so people showed up, you know, 15 minutes early, which means they had to leave the keynote right. at some point or, to go get or where stream they need it, to go. Like, you know, cause you could stream yeah. it and, and still go, but there's some interesting stuff there, right? Like the, the mercy ships, the providing infrastructure for that. Sure. And then the, the air ambulance stories, like, so, you know, just really pushing the edge of technology as far as mobility at the same time being, you know, data center specific. So so they had the, um, t- Tony uh, Foster, did, were you able to catch the second day keynote or was it the first when they had uh, Steve Young and uh, the skier, uh, the female skier? Um, now um, I can't think of her name. I caught most yeah, of it. Um, what was your and when I think of now? that one it was pretty good there there were a lot of zingers in there that were uh, um, really good all three of them on stage because I think it was um, Sanjay uh, the skier and the football player I think that's right um, Lindsey Vaughn thank you Matt skier. and they were all sitting there bantering and I thought it was really good. I also liked how they pulled the technology and everything into that discussion. So they'd sit there and do these random quizzes every so often. And so somebody would go, what is the emotion? And Lindsay and Steve would sit there and uh, um, banter back and forth and finally have an answer. Um, or they'd uh, do some sports-related question and trip people up, and it was just a really fun and enjoyable atmosphere to watch as that was going on. Lindsey Vaughn is yeah. the skier, by the way. And unfortunately, I think that is one section that is not streamable. No, it is not streamable. Right? So paying for the right, which is why that. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Because I've just watched the keynotes uh, from live streams. Right. But uh, you can't actually go go spend time with them. But all in all, I thought the, I thought uh, good feedback and a lot of people in the keynotes and then reasonably good uh, live streams as well. So mm-hmm. all in all, good messaging. But I just loved Pat. I thought Pat did the best job I've ever seen him articulate the whole vision. Of, company vision. Yeah, company vision, hybrid, along with all the NSX. And then, then you know, we've been announcing these acquisitions and then we, you know, it's hard to, how, how does it all fit together? Where mm-hmm. are we? where are we positioning each one of these acquisitions? So it was nice to kind of see 
the strategy behind all of it, right. which, is, which is pretty good. And then, of course, we announced Kubernetes and uh, rebranding of all of our Kubernetes projects into Tanzu, mm-hmm. which, was, uh, which was interesting. I'm yet trying to figure out all the positioning. I think there's going to be more conversation at VMworld Europe around Tanzu and uh, you know, more announcements and basically Kubernetes and vSphere. Right? Yeah. So there's the, um, they broke it out into to build, run, and manage. And so building, I think a lot of that is projected onto the Bitnami acquisition where you can use their tool chain theoretically in the future to, to build out containers based on your enterprise uh, images as opposed to whatever Bitnami has picked in the past, right? And then, you know, if the uh, Pillville acquisition closes, then a lot of developer-based uh, tool chains as far as, you know, CICD pipelines and, you know, artifact repositories, that entire ecosystem of things that, that developers need to be, you know, really productive, right? So that's the, right. the building part. And then the running part is Project Pacific where, right. you know, there'll be a Kubernetes cluster, management cluster embedded in every single hypervisor right. that VMware ships. And then the managed part, which is Tanzu Mission Control, where you can go cross Kubernetes clusters, you know, right. um, it's a, you know, it's a service, a management service that you can use to kind of see everything. Now, you know, a, a lot of those things were tech preview, right? They sure. were not, um, they were not, you know, release announcements, you know, that we're going to ship this quarter. So, um, but I know when we're going to release them, but I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it an articulated vision as opposed to, right. you know. Do you know where Tanzu fit? Did they talk about Tanzu is like the brand for everything, build, run, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's the overall branding for our our Kubernetes and cloud native. I, I should probably not limit it to Kubernetes, but overall cloud native um, efforts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a new brand name for all Kubernetes things. It's, it's Eric's personal brand name. Okay. Right. Kubernetes on vSphere. Oh. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> like, that's just a try. <laughs> yeah. And then you manage it with vCenter. Right. Right. Like no magic brand name, just hey, vSphere, you know, or either that or Kubernetes on ESX. You, you decide, right? Like what the what that means. We could make it even more confusing. You could say K eight on ESXi. Yeah. Just so it's just a random string of letters that people don't know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Know? That's what I want. That's what I want. For. I want <laughs> I want an X in it. I want right. like yes, you know, yeah. Right. K eight on ESX. That's it. How about so we call it's it? a security feature at that point. Yeah, right. E, uh, Elastic know, Kubernetes. Right. La, la, you know, or I, ESX, E, K, X. How about EKX? I like that. Oh, my goodness. But the point is, uh, Pacific yeah. was actually really interesting. Name aside, right, which mm-hmm. VMware's never really been that strong on naming, and we normally name three or four times before one of them finally ends up being the one that wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is uh, running, Pacific running basically just, Hey, look, Kubernetes. It's yeah. it's just on ESX and and just is, there it is. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, the idea yeah. being, you know, that right now people are spending a lot of time and effort like actually installing and setting up Kubernetes. You know, so in the near future, like that's just going to go away. Like right. that's the problem is not setting up Kubernetes. It's not installing Kubernetes. It's using Kubernetes to actually accelerate what you're using container orchestration for. So. All right, so we go to uh, we go to West, right, and uh, where the sessions were, right. So we have the the keynotes. We've we've hashed through those. Could, uh, anything else you want to add, Tony? I know me and me and John just sitting monopolized. Mike. 
No, 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 no. It's all good. And I actually did stick the link in the uh, chat windows for Project Tanzu. So you can check that out at uh, cloud.vmware.com slash Tanzu. Yes, I know they have got stuff out on the website. The, the, I, I will say this, like as we transition to the left, the the thing that I don't understand about the whole like re, revamping Moscone West, mm-hmm. you know, to put in sky bridges and stuff. Sky bridges are completely unusable. Nobody used them. No, they didn't. No. I didn't even know they existed. Yeah, you still had to like you had to go up like a flight of stairs and it was like two people wide in each direction, and you had you know ten thousand people trying to cross the street. It was it was. If that was what they were, you know, aiming for, it didn't yeah. work. No, it right. did not work. It's too long. Also, it's just a part. I just went downstairs and went across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did yeah, turn I, the main light twice. Oh wait, uh-huh. right across the street. Diagonally, okay. Tony. Yeah. Talk to, talk to us, Tony. You 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 act like you had something to say. Oh, I said I used the SkyBridge twice, so I completely agree with John White that uh, that SkyBridge is completely worthless. <laughs> got it, got it. I'm going to be a proponent of going back to Vegas, only because uh, they make us pay for everything at that conference, so yeah, whatever. So Wes would have the sessions, yeah. and they then tried to move a lot of stuff to Wes. So mm-hmm. the code booth was in Wes, the code labs were in Wes, the HOL was over in Wes. The education services were over in West. So you could go hang out on the second and third floor of West, and the, even the VMUG area where they were printing T-shirts was in West. The gamification hands-on lab, the Odyssey stuff, that was in West. So they basically made a whole kind of almost event mm-hmm. happening in West on the third floor, right? Food was over in West. I don't know if they even had food in South or North, right? I, I don't think I, they did. I don't think they did, right? And so you could get food over across the street in the park at... Uh, yeah, one of the lunches uh, was there. Yeah, yeah, one of the, yeah, there was a lunch there under 10 mm-hmm. that you could go over. Was that only once at once during the show? Maybe I just thought that was only once. Ah, uh, that makes sense because the yeah. food was actually edible. For uh, <laughs> so that first, if you happen to bump into the park, lunch, the sandwiches were edible and they were actually good. Mm-hmm. Right? But the other days... I got a lot, I heard a oh. lot of people complain about that Monday lunch and um, I uh, missed it. Yeah, I'm going to chime in on this one. This is, I got an earful on the uh, lunches. I guess the park lunch was good. I didn't get a chance to try the park lunch uh, in Yerba Buena Gardens. But, uh, the other lunches, they were all cold lunches. And right. no one was well, appreciative oh. of them. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I have feedback on the whole thing. The park lunch was good because it was it was obviously a special event. That makes mm-hmm. much sense. I did not know that, but that makes sense. Because it was turkey sandwiches, and the turkey felt like it was carved turkey. It was like mm-hmm. a yummy, and it had a yummy bun, right? So I, I was like, oh, great. So I, I finally, I went to the rest of the lunches and the breakfasts. Uh, there, was an, there was an article I was listening to on one of, one of the talk shows uh, on the way to work today. And uh, they were talking about the fact that less and less people are drinking beer now. The mm-hmm. beer market has stagnated. And there's this new seltzer, Spike Seltzer Water, is, is trending white, now. White Claw? Yeah, White Claw. Right, right. that's exactly it. So White Claw is trending now. And it's growing like wildfire because the next generation just doesn't want to drink 
beer because it's harsh. You have to get used to it. It takes like 10 years to get used to beer, right, to where you can actually appreciate it. Where I guess seltzer water, spiked seltzer water, you just drink it tastes good right off the bat, right? And, uh, and I felt like the VMworld lunches. So we have a new generation coming up drinking White Claw, enjoying the flavor of things. Mm-hmm. And it's a level of food that, you know, they eat, which is pretty healthy and pretty good, right? And I, I think Vegas did a little bit better job of that, right? I go into the Emerald U.S. in San Francisco, and I feel like it's a throwback to 1982, right, where they serve us a breakfast, you know, uh, burrito. Un, unhealthy, bur- you know, yeah. or one, one time that I had it was a croissant, hmm. but it was a croissant that was stale and soggy, you know, mushy croissant with, like, eggs and two raw pieces, microwave pieces of bacon, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's supposed to be your breakfast. Right? right now in the 80s that, that was pretty yuppie right mm-hmm. we could get a croissant with an egg and some bacon that was right. better than my grandmother's dinner right your know, breakfast would have been which would have been you know full 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 breakfast mm-hmm. this is continental but it's not it's not competitive in today's food market no, right? no. that 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 those and that in general the food in general was that way mm-hmm. i felt that the vegas i the 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 san francisco food was a throwback to like the 80s yeah right? Yeah, I can only speculate that it's captive vendor, right? It is like, absolutely captive vendor for sure. I wonder if right. the Europa Buena Gardens, because it was outside because it the was menu, pick, it was must have been they could use it. Yeah, just or they just they 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 bought the checkbox thing that yeah. was slightly more. Oh, the upgrade. Yeah, the oh, upgrade. Okay. Yeah, they upgraded that that yeah. picnic lunch just to a slightly better mm-hmm. better offering. Um, which I don't know what they're going to do. This is why I kind of vote back to Vegas, or, because I think the reality is the venue is so expensive up there. But they had to choose which mm-hmm. checkbox item mm-hmm. is it going to be the the D plus lunch or the D you know mm-hmm. which which option do they choose? I am just this is all my own yeah. speculation, but uh, we definitely got the feedback. We all tasted it. Um, I I feel like the events team needs to eat the food that they're feeding the. So I'm sure they were, but I think more importantly, no. I think. No, the venue team gets their own oh, catered service. Well, I, I, I rightfully so. They're working right. a, a million hours. So yeah. I don't want to bad mouth the event team because they work super hard. I would but say I think that there's yeah. a food issue. The more important thing is, like, if you went and you had this issue, you have to fill out the survey, and you have to say something in the survey. Right. And say, right. like, yeah. if you're honestly Look, considering not coming back coming because, back of, the because food, of the food, you know. need to say that. And if right. 1%, 2%, 5% of the people say that, right. you know, then – They'll probably that'll move the needle. It's a weird thing though, because when you have twenty thousand, you are selecting a captive mm-hmm. venue, and the venue people decide what you know they yeah. they have options. And so, so even to that degree, you know, maybe you just should plan in your budget to go to the uh, the, the burrito play across the way, it's like uh, anywhere else. Yeah, anywhere else. <laughs> right? Like anywhere else. Well, well, I mean, again, I'll I'll just say, you know, if if the events team gets you know. 5% survey results, then they can go to right. the to the vendor and say, hey, I mean, we're coming back, but right. this has got to change, right? right? Like this like this is the feedback we're getting. Now, I'm a little overweight myself, so me complaining, going, I want more better food, I said, maybe I should just not eat as much all week long. It would be good for me. Well, it's but better quality, others, right? right? Even yeah, if, you, you, know, if you have less with yeah. better quality, then better that quality would be okay. Be, might be okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, keynotes, back on keynotes. Very Sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, West was busy. A lot oh, of yeah. sessions. Didn't see very many lines this year. Like mm. um, 
the the west was bigger bigger yeah, room bigger room so i think more people got in like i remember when we had it in san francisco in the old days there was like 50 80 people lined mm-hmm. it looked like heathrow airport or something right. waiting to get into some of the sessions didn't see that in west at all this year I, the impression uh, i also got was that they had more in just moscone like i think there was a little bit of overflow to the marriott right but i like i think those were more like private meetings right so I think the Moscone West just might have expanded or yeah, something happened there something. because I think they did a better job offering bigger rooms for people that came to sessions. Yeah. Right? And we yeah. certainly did that for VMware but, Code. But I saw it when I was walking around West. I never saw hallways of lines of people waiting to get in. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. Um, south, was, they added on that top section. And, oh, yeah, second floor. Um, yeah, that second floor. And that's where most of the uh, area keynotes were. So like the uh, end user computing keynote was up there. And there were lines up there, but everybody was able to get in. So I think they took care of most of it. Okay, well that's good uh, Good feedback uh, with regards to And maybe that's why they're getting a bump in there. In the, again, they look at scores, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they got a bump in their, uh, their session scores because of Ease of access. Yeah, I don't know yeah. for sure what that, how that, what that, but you can pick up a little bit of of of, of numbers there. Um, otherwise, range of sessions seemed good. They we had the code sessions on Kubernetes, and we expanded uh, the tw- the power talks. Uh, uh, we expanded from 40 seats to 80 seats, and a lot of them were full. Oh, so yeah. you know that that was good, and you know didn't have to have. Comp- standing room every session. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was good. And most sessions were full, had some people in the back, but some of the sessions had general seating available. But it, it uh, went from 40 to 80, and that, that was positive. And so I think room size, and then we had the full session room for the bigger sessions from like William Lamb and Alan LaRouf and others mm-hmm. who were have a you know bigger draw. So sure. that would get, and, and some of those were you know full up, or not quite full, but uh, filled up nicely. So. Capacity-wise, I think we did did well across the board. So nice there. Uh, haven't heard any other feedback, good or bad, on on session. I I want to I I think too. They were both given by people from support, like support engineers, uh, senior support engineers, and they had fascinating things to say about their view of technology and architectural choices. Um, so if you go and, and maybe look in the, the catalog on, um, and look for you know support, um, so yeah. they they would say things like, well, if you make this choice, like that's our number one support call is this issue. If you make this other choice, we get zero calls or like negligibly measurable you know calls on this architectural choice. The the one thing that I noticed over in West that I, I meant to comment on is the certification team. Had about an 80, maybe 50 or 60 seat theater and a stage where they had continuous speakers, kind of like what we do for code. Mm-hmm. And they were crowded the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they, you know, again, they were out, right? But in the general area where people right. were walking yeah. around. Right. Yeah, so it was very visible as opposed to down one hallway. That was, I think, maybe one thing that I missed about code uh, this year was that it was away from yeah. like the crowd of people. So people couldn't just walk by and you know and stumble and into something exactly. Yeah, we That's definitely fun. got that feedback, or we we noticed it right sure, away. Sure. And uh, 
we kind of got uh, surprised a little bit. I don't want to sell. We still got a, got sold on that. But originally, the code program was supposed to be in the uh, the theater across from the park. I forget what that place is, but they do the Apple. They used to do the Apple announcements. Uh, Urba Buenas Center for Performing Arts. Oh, really? Is right there, and they were going to give us that whole building. Oh, wow! And give us banners, and we were going to. We, we, were, we had gotten uh, Wozniak to come do a keynote, mm. you know, and, and uh, Joe, Joe from Kubernetes. Oh, yeah, Joe Beta. Beta. I just remember Beta uh, was going to come. But we, we had this all set. But then somewhere along the journey, we decided that uh, that was going to be too expensive. They put a different group there. There was some function from GM oh, that okay. was over there. Uh, and they put us in this wing. Is that where NextNet was? Maybe? Uh, no, you know, okay. what's not. It was, they had FutureNet? usability. They oh, did a whole okay. usability kind of, you know, come uh-huh. learn how to use and give us feedback on our product. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the UI guys got, got that whole building and oh, they wow. ran okay. kind of a UI yeah, event there during the during VMworld where you could go in and, you know, engage with our product and give them feedback on how the user experience was. Yeah, the design team and so forth. So that's fine. But then where they shifted us was this these these rooms we had, the general session room, uh, which is two hundred plus keynote plus you know lab plus an extra part. Those three elements they gave us that spot all together. But it ended up around the corner down the hall, right? And then they didn't let us really brand the whole area. So we got sold a little bit on that right. transition. It was fine, but mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Plus, I didn't like the separation across from code versus community. So yeah. next year, we're not going to do that. We're going to bring it all back together. Again. Got it. Yeah. Got it. It so, was yeah. as nice as it was to have yeah. that big area yeah. you know, to be I missed, separated. I missed yeah. separated. I'm sure for you, logistically. Plus, I hated it because I didn't yeah. get to hang out with any of the exactly. guys. Right? Yeah. Um, so didn't like that. Um, but session-wise, I thought the certification guys did a good job, and it was crowded and busy, mm-hmm. almost as busy as busy as code, and or probably as busy as code and as busy as as the community area as well. Yeah, so yeah. The, of all the groups, I I always look and go, how are we doing versus how everybody else is doing, and do they have cool stuff? I thought the VMUG guys did well up in West, right, mm-hmm. uh, with the T-shirt handing out. I thought that was unique, and had always had a lot of people around that. Uh, and then HOL was, you know, give or take. We'll get into HOL in a second, uh, the last little bit. So, um, but as far as sessions goes, uh, you know, all in all, not a lot of lines, which is which is great compared to other years. Yeah, you, you're jammed up for your your. Uh, oh yeah, my labs were yeah, my labs were fun and had a lot of good good times with that. And we scaled those out from you know, uh, you know, 16 seats to 25 seats. And then we had. Extra seats, people doubled up on each of the seats. So I think we had like 35 people you know, on a lot of the sessions, the labs that we were doing, the Raspberry Pis, and mm-hmm. uh, and Kubernetes clusters work. So I was, I was pleased with you know how it all turned out. I thought it was good and, and a lot of fun and gave away sensors. And because uh, we weren't part of the V community, I felt like the year before was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we scaled it up and had way more people through the whole program, I, I thought that uh, I missed the idea of all being together, yeah. so we probably won't do that again. Uh, labs in general, um, Labs was up in West. Uh, and lot, yeah. They did the Odyssey program this year, which was the V Warrior program uh, in Japan, but they renamed it Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was basically t- about 21 teams of three or four guys or people, women or men or anybody, that sat in a little team and one person drove. And they had everybody compete 
together in the labs, and then they competed for a high score, right? Mm. And and one person was driving, the other two were coaching, and they didn't know what the labs were, and they would come in and and they ran those events every day. I think I think Wednesday and Thursday they ran those events. But then they had open labs where you could come take an audit, the labs that they were going to compete on. You could come in and take one of those labs and get your own score. Ah. Right? So that was fun, and they had a lot of labs. Uh, so they had a record number of labs taken, even though they had the power outage uh, upstairs on Resk. Oh, um, yeah, that's I right. Was, I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday afternoon. The, mm-hmm. the, the day of the V-Expert party, they had power outages, mm-hmm. uh, which shut down Moscone West. So yeah. interesting, everybody had to circle down through you know, yeah. stairwells and such, so it was interesting. But but they still had record number of labs, and they were down a couple hours. So, mm-hmm. uh, But uh, they also ran the Odyssey program, which I don't know if that counts. Because they had people taking them over and over again to see if they could uh, get high scores, mm-hmm. which is interesting, but also, uh, yeah, interesting. Right? I, so, I can't imagine that. Uh, it would be interesting to break that out to see. Yeah, I repeat, take away the Odyssey, yeah. Odyssey repeats and see how you know how people do. I I just I wonder if that actually moves the needle to for right. someone to spend. Two thousand dollars in a hotel to come to a, a conference. You know whether they. Yeah, gamification is an addictive thing. Oh, that, you know, you find your way into it. The next thing you know, you like it, and you're spending your time doing that. And uh, maybe you were just on a boondoggle to San Francisco anyway. You were going to go to a couple of key sessions. We've seen that on CloudCred, mm-hmm. uh, where the top ten players on the CloudCred leaderboard, we generally have to throw them away because. We get uh, when you take it. We can see based on HOL team gives us the time they took to do the lab, mm-hmm. and the top ten players were doing the labs in seven minutes. So they were coming in, into getting a lab, clicking through everything super fast to get to the end where you get to your code, mm-hmm. so that you can go back into CloudCred and say, okay, I finished this lab. Mm-hmm. Here's my code. Right. Well, they were they were doing one lab seven, then they would sign up for another lab, go sit and take that lab do it for 15 minutes, take the next lab, do that for 12 minutes. Oh, wow. And you can look at their timestamps. And uh-huh. these are like, interestingly enough, these are well-known community people. So these are people that we have relationships with that are, you know, and they don't realize that we can actually get the data of what they were doing, right? And we're like looking at them and we send them mail going like, we're going to have to disqualify you guys, <laughs> you know? And, and they're like, they're super apologetic. Oh yeah, sorry, I got carried away, right? You know, like, and so maybe they look at the prizes. I don't know what it is. But gamification has weird effect on normal people. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all probably have eaten our share of ice cream cones or whatever bad habit is mm-hmm. that we you know, got hooked into for whatever reason. Uh, and so some of the gamification, you're right, it doesn't make logical sense to mm-hmm. come uh, do a lab, spend valuable time doing this. But over and over and over. Over and over and over again. <laughs> but sometimes you get hooked on something. Yeah. Uh, you want to get that perfect score or you want to win that prize, yeah. or whatever it is that you want to do. Leaderboard. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, now, for a lot of people, it just encourages you to go engage. Um, so employees this year, we had 500 people, 500 mm-hmm. employees. That's a record number uh, engaging with VMware content this year. So we ran gamification for the employee base, and that was good. We ran gamification for our hands-on lab. That was also good with the Odyssey team. We had a mobile app for the Odyssey Mm. Uh, thing where you could go in anywhere as long as you came to VMworld on the mobile app there was a go go play Odyssey and then there were times when you could go in and ask uh, you know answer 20 questions it was timed and you could compete with everybody and win a t-shirt or whatever it was mm. so okay. yeah they had pick your 60 people playing each of the mobile games every day they ran those a couple times a day 
So all in all, labs were good. I think the lab uh, feedback was good. I think the lab coverage was good. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure was good. Again, I went by multiple times, no long lines. Yeah. Right. So other VM worlds where we'd been in and you sit and there's a line to get into HOL. They had bring your own device again. So mm-hmm. you could do bring your own device and do the labs or you could uh, do the labs on terminals. Yeah. So it seemed like it was line free. A lot of people there, activity. They were open pretty happy. almost first. Like, I think I showed up on Sunday. Yeah, they were I open think on they Sunday. they opened Sunday morning, yes. the first yeah. thing. Well, and I heard some weird rumor that they weren't going to open on Sunday because of budget restraints mm-hmm. and trying to cost-manage San Francisco. But they were, no, they were open. They were yeah. open Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So busy time for everybody. Right. It was good. Uh, Thursday was busy. The community area. We'll fall, we're we're almost near an hour up. Um, so we'll do. We'll talk a little bit. Tony Foster, you were in the V community area over in uh, Moscone South with V Brown Bag and everybody over there. Uh, what was your impressions? How did your session go over there? So all of the sessions I got to see were packed. Um, I think I had about eighty percent of the seats full for my session, and that was about average from what I saw with the time I spent in the uh, community hang space. Nice. Nice. I, I still felt the effects of being spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even the, uh, let's see, the cube with John Furrier, who does the video interviews mm-hmm. where in Vegas, they had that in the front when you walked into the village. Yeah. There they were. You couldn't miss them and you could mm-hmm. watch them. But that was up in Moscone North. How many people walk through North Lobby? I, I, I never, never went to yeah, North. Yeah, I never That's went so to North. Yeah, I went to South and I went to West. And so I never I never uh-huh. saw John. Um, so I still felt, I mean, I, th- I think people were busy in South. The couple times I was over there, it was crowded. Oh, yeah, very busy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so good to hear that the the Alistair Cook and the V Brown Bag community is still still buzzing along. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, the recording booth for podcasts was <laughs> yeah. really good. Oh, really? It nice. was really yes. good. Yes. It actually blocked out the sound. It wasn't echoey inside. Right. right. Really it was. Nice. Uh, I think we had Sanjay Poonin come record. Oh, really? Myself and jo- Julia recorded audio for his keynote. One mm-hmm. of the videos he did with Verizon, mm-hmm. where he narrated narrates. I met with these Verizon. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That was recorded on Sunday in, yeah, that in the little, booth. In the oh, booth, wow. and they actually had three people in there, which was, uh, Sanjay goes, okay, we're getting in our motor scooter now and shutting the door and we're going to record a <laughs> podcast because it was a, a super small yeah. but very effective noise out, which is what we asked them for. Yeah. Right? So uh, I was going to ask them for a slightly larger. Yeah, you couldn't, that. I would say you couldn't do three people in that. Right, place. right. And I was disappointed by yeah. that, right? I would, you couldn't do three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost funny to watch uh, Sanjay and uh, Joe Sagamagrand, I don't know Joe's last name. Uh, what is it? Saramon. Yeah. Sagamon. Okay. So Joe Sagamon is, is executive communications. We do a lot of work with him. Mm-hmm. We record podcasts now and then. And Joe was there, you know, getting this handling uh, Sanjay. And, and then we also had Julia who's doing the recording. And it was humorous to see Joe's sit in that little booth with Sanjay <laughs> on a little bench seat. Trying mm-hmm. to say. But it was good. So the community booth was good. Uh, I know that Corey Romero gave out um, the expert Raspberry Pi, the bag. Mm-hmm. 
had a little bit of a snafu there, so I need to apologize to some of the experts, and I'll, I'll talk about what actually happened here, so in case you're listening to the podcast later. Um, originally, we did a call out for how many of the experts were going to be there so that we could build the number of the expert bags for the people. We, got. we had 280 people respond, I'm going to be here, I'll pick up my the expert bag. So we made 300 bags, give or take. Uh, four of the experts are going to be at the show. Mm-hmm. We dropped in a Raspberry Pi and some stickers. We basically took the, mon- the money that we would normally buy, a cute little water bottle or whatever, and, and we, gave, we bought Raspberry Pis for everybody. I think that spread around, and uh, that was great. But at the booth, uh, which was Jenny and Josh on the team, were giving these out. They didn't have the list of who RSVPs. Uh, they had a list to just be experts. Got it. So a V expert that didn't RSVP. RSVP shouldn't have gotten one. Right. Right. But they didn't know that. Corey mismanaged that piece of it, mm-hmm. bless this little heart, uh, which meant that we gave out 300 and then we were we ran out. Right. And people that RSVP'd came in, and there were only maybe 10 or 15 of those people that got denied because we right. were giving out. Now, technically, all of the experts should give one. And what I would say is that if you RSVP'd and you came to the show and you didn't get your gift bag um, and you had RSVP'd, send us mail, we'll somehow send one out, as mm-hmm. much as we hate shipping things. Um, we meant to give everybody that RSVP'd. So if you were on the RSVP list and we have that list and you didn't get your, your, your bag uh, or you didn't get your Raspberry Pi, send, uh, send Corey mail and say, hey, I was on the list and... I showed up, and, the, and there were probably 10 people that mm-hmm. showed it was on the list, showed up, and didn't get one. Uh, and I apologize for that, because if you RSVP'd, you should have absolutely gotten a The Expert happy bag. So but, pay, pay attention for uh, yeah. VM World Europe, right? Yeah, that's right. We need the RSVP just because we need to build these things. Yep. We need to buy them, build them, and send them out. Right? Mm-hmm. And what happens is if we send them in Europe in particular, they, we don't ship anything back from Europe. Right. So if I build the 400 of them and then only 200 show up, we basically have to just give them to people, throw them out, donate them to the homeless or whatever it is we do because we don't ship anything back. No matter what, T-shirts, water bottles, whatever it is, we're not going to ship it back because uh, it doesn't get back. It gets stolen anyway, and then they don't want to ship. It costs money to ship from Europe. And so we, end up, uh, so we try to get a number that's accurate, so we know how many things to build. So, yeah, if you're going to go to VMworld Europe, uh, the world is out. We're giving away the expert bags with Raspberry Pis in them. We're going to do that again uh, as a thank you for being a V-Expert. So let Corey know you're going to be there. See, and we will make sure that we, if you are RSVP'd, that we'll have supply for you there when we're there. But other than that, uh, the V community seemed to be very busy. Oh, so active. Yeah. Every uh, time I went, it was yeah. the area was just full. Sticker exchange. Right. Uh, super active. Bloggers, blogger oh, tables, yeah. three blogger tables, a lot of good blog articles out there. Just good to see everybody. A uh, little bit cavey downstairs. Felt it like the orange color was a little dark. Oh, yeah. yeah I, a little, felt, felt a little dark. I guess maybe that's relaxing. But I came from the code area, which was all windows and glass. Yeah. So it's hard to make the transition from that, super that bright, shading yeah. your eyes, trying to see screens because it was so bright, to going over and 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 being down in the community area, which was very Vegasy, you know, <laughs> down under, no lights, don't know what time of day it is. So, all right, it, it uh, was Tony just Fox. gearing people up for the pumpkin spice latte uh, season that's coming up. 
Yes, exactly. Right. Like, uh, yeah. Get everybody used to the winter season ahead of time. Right. Uh, right. It was there. So a lot of th- a couple things we are working with the Europe team to correct some of this. So we haven't laid out all the yeah, everything that we're doing there. So we do take feedback from what we get from Europe, uh, from US, and then we try to fix things that if there were things that were broken. So we are bringing the code experience together. So for instance, we're nice. not going to have separation. We're going to have the code theater and the VMUG theater together, uh, side by side like we did. It might be right next door, so there might be a separate area for code, mm-hmm. but it'll be it'll be right next door. So then we can all hang out and be together. So Europe will, should should have a couple of those things fixed. Uh, and then food in Europe is completely different, so maybe we get lucky on the food stuff. Uh, and then I think there are going to be new announcements and stuff, and we are getting closer and closer to quarters where Kubernetes could be in this year. So you never know about these things. What, yeah. What's going to be announced when? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, should be should be interesting. Uh, and then we're also ramping up uh, if communities out there and thinks they're going to go to Vegas for uh, AWS reInvent. Uh, we are having a call tomorrow to see what size area we're going to have. We might be have a 30 by 30 again, or we might have a 20 by 20. It's hard to hard to know for sure what the AWS reInvent team is going to give us. And based on that, we'll know whether we're going to have the brown bag there or whether we're just going to do some code stuff in a smaller footprint. We'll see. So lots of activities going on. And then forms are going to be hit, hitting. Uh, the uh, nice people from Japan have come over and have agreed to run a code uh, area in the in the the form is going to be in Japan, which is like three to 4,000 people. We're sending them Raspberry Pis running Kubernetes on it, so it uh, should be good. We won't be there because it's a week uh, after VMworld Europe. Oh, so wow. Yeah. Yeah. You spend impossible. Yeah. So you could do it. You could fly from Europe. I mean, physically to, possible? Yeah, physically possible, but you would, you would be burnt out. Lying on the ground. Yeah. So Do whatever you want, guys. Yeah. And then I think we're going to be down in L.A. Uh, there is a venue in L.A. Let me look up and see if I can get this before we go. Uh, Twitter. Got to go to Twitter, see if I'm logged in here. Working with guys down in L.A. Mail here. I will get it. So like a VMUG event? Or is it no, like... it's a conference. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And uh, Ray O'Farrell is going to be there, and VMware is going to be there. Uh, and so... Yeah, it's the Nth Symposium. So the Nth Symposium Nth in symposium. Uh, L.A., we're planning on going down to the Nth Symposium, and we're going to have a code booth in the Nth Symposium where we're going to do the you know Kubernetes stuff. So be Nth Symposium sometime in uh, uh, mid-October. Uh, and then Tommy Berry on our team is getting married in Texas uh, early October. So we got... Wedding in, in Texas for Tommy Berry. We got the End Symposium. We got V Forms in Japan, and we got Europe, uh, VMworld Europe, and then we have AWS reInvent all within like four weeks. Boom, 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 wow. boom. So should be good. We'll have to make sure we organize some podcasts while we're on the road. Yeah, yeah. Because we'll be a little bit uh, remote, but we should we should catch them up. And uh, all in all, a good momentum season. So we're in the momentum season. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, pretty exciting yeah. announcements. It was a great show. I'm yeah. excited to see what happens at yeah. Barcelona. And we did have guests scheduled for today, but uh, one of the guests, one of the main guests got sick. The other guest didn't want to do the podcast without one of the other guests, so we thought we would just... And John White is in the room. Uh, you know, he's like, I guess, 
quarter has ended and you're done doing all the, the, the heavy, heavy lifting you got to do. So you're, you have a little bit of free time coming up. It's, it's worse than you, you might think because, uh, you know, of course now on a sales team, they're like, well, we're, we're already five weeks into the new quarters. <laughs> got to get, get going. Never, never ends. ends. Yep. Never, never ends. Never ends. Exciting times. Tony Foster, thanks for uh, being on us and chatting with us. It's, Good to get a podcast out again. We're sorry for the last three weeks. We were just so busy that we just didn't get our gear back into the studio and set up. We just spent a little bit of time today getting getting everything debugged again. Every time we take it down and put it all back up again, there's always something we have to do. So uh, thanks for joining, Tony. No worries. The barbecue report? The barbecue to, to, to finish it out. What's What's the deal? So um, I think tonight I'm going to be doing uh, some uh, ribs. So just uh, real simple uh, barbecued ribs. One of my, my, I have four kids and my, my youngest is the last one. I'm almost empty nested. He's mm-hmm. a senior. So I got this one last year and he has a girlfriend. He's now got a girlfriend and she comes over and hangs out at our house a lot, and uh, they go over to the parents' house. They both live in Palo Alto with us, you know, in the same area. And uh, she has discovered cooking with my wife. Uh, so my my son's girlfriend discovered cooking, and uh, they're coming over now. And the, them as a couple, my son lives with us, but the girl comes over and they cook. And uh, she's discovered baking. So I said, you know, let's do some barbecue chicken, and you can make us a bake us a nice. Uh, a nice blackberry raspberry pie. So that's what they're doing tonight. So the, the, and the, here's the key when you're off season for blackberry pie. You can go get the frozen blackberry raspberry blueberry bags. Trader Joe's sells them. Grocery stores Taco, sell them. Yeah. You can go down to the, the, yep. the, the store and get those. And you basically can take them right out of the freezer, right, and just have a pie shell. You either roll dough and make a pie shell, or you can just buy a pre-made pie shell. By the way, making pie shell dough is simple. It's just mm-hmm. it's just some lard and some flour, and you mix it up, cut some water, and it's simple to do. Make your own pie shell. Dump those frozen berries in and a cup of sugar, and then put it put that in the oven. And man, you have a raspberry, blackberry, slash blueberry mixed berry pie. Hand get a little thing of whipped cream, which is one of those little quart size. Put that in a bowl, and you put a spoon of sugar in that. Mm-hmm. Powdered sugar if you got it, regular sugar if you don't. You know, maybe a, a bigger spoon heaping. And you whip that with a hand whip. That's hand whipped whipped cream. Takes you about 15 minutes to hand whip it. You can do it with a blender. Now you got a raspberry blackberry pie with fresh hand whipped whipped cream, and you are in business with some barbecue of any style. Nice. In fact, the raspberry blackberry pie just works with any barbecue. Right, right. In fact, yes. barbecue. And, well, and you know you can put it on the grill too. Exactly, and you can you can smoke that baby. That's right, just smoke smoke up the pie. That's it for the show. We're running late. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back again next week with some real guests. Facebook Live. All right, Facebook Live. Thanks a lot, Miles. Thanks a lot for getting all the gear back up and running. We are good to go. We will be back in business next week. Till then, have a great week. Hey, yeah.